Oh, great. Good morning. Good to see you. So, yes, I'm Mark, along with uh, Louise, who led the prayers and the remembrance with the senior pastors of the church. And just a, a very warm welcome to you, whether you're here for the first time or whether you've been coming for a few weeks. It's so good to see you. In the vineyard here, we do talks in series, and we are in the middle of a series about uh, money, um, having a biblical view of our relationship um, with money. Martina started off last week um, asking us, who is our master? Is our master Jesus or is our master money? Don't mind giving you the answer to that one. It's Jesus. So if you want to go into that in more detail, just catch up with us online um, on YouTube. You can find our talks. This week, we're talking about debt. Did you know that debt per household in the UK is in total £65,000. Now, that includes mortgages. So some people have small mortgages, some people have uh, big mortgages, but the average household in the UK owes £65,000, including mortgage. Um, but if you take off the secured things like houses and cars, average household unsecured debt is £8,000, and just credit cards alone, a household will usually be owing two and a half thousand, two thousand four hundred pounds um, on credit card. And that's all to bear in mind against average pass go, that's a monopoly board there. If you pass go, uh, in each person gets thirty four thousand pounds a year. The one adult's average annual income is thirty four thousand. So if your household is two adults, could be double that. But of course so many households don't have two adults earning. So that debt per household compared to that average income. That's the kind of picture of where we are at the moment. So I don't know how that's just made you feel when you've been comparing yourself to the UK average, but I'm hoping this morning that uh, some things from the Bible and some things will just be able to help us get a, get a hold of this together. We always want to look to the Bible for our um, help and uh, ways of living. So let's dive in with this particular passage. This is from Luke 12 in the Bible. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke and John as the beginning of the the New Testament. And, And Luke 12, this is Jesus speaking. He says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So that's a, a good passage there from, from Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, um, we were hearing from Martina last week that our, our money belongs to God. That's a good way of thinking about it. Our money belongs to God and that we are stewards of it. We're looking after it. And we can trust God with our money. Look what it says here in the Bible. It says, uh, Jesus is telling us, do not worry about your life. And God even feeds the ravens. And how much more, Jesus says, will God clothe us? And he goes on, do not set our hearts on what we will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. And can you see there, he ends, Jesus ends with, seek his kingdom. It's all very well saying, do not worry about it, isn't it? But, but what, what do we do? There's, there must be a certain amount of uh, care and attention we need to pay. But there's a difference between that and worry. And Jesus' antidote to that is, seek his kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of Jesus. That's how we end up focusing on God, focusing on his kingdom and not focusing on money. If we want to take a, a move to Jesus being our master, seeking his kingdom is the way to do it that Jesus is, is telling us. But what stops us going there? What, what stops us? What gets in the way? What needs do we have that are likely to uh, draw us away from kingdom and stop us uh, relying on God? So just a few examples um, uh, just sort of plucked out of the air that's, that's, that's around us in society at the moment. One of our drivers, one of our needs in life is the need to, to look good. We can be spending money on, on looking good for the benefit of others, for the benefit of ourselves. Maybe that's the kind of thing that gives us confidence. But Jesus tells us that beauty, our status, our standing, and our need to look good cannot be bought. It's Jesus who brings us our, our beauty and that's exactly what he means when he's been talking about the wildflowers in that passage. We look at the fields and the flowers and we think they look beautiful. That's how God looks on us as individuals, at a field of flowers. We don't need to purchase and buy things to, to look good, to impress God. What other needs do we have? What else drives our focus and stops us going there? FOMO, fear of missing out, our need not to miss out. We're so tempted in society at the moment to spend our time and our money um, looking for or purchasing the next best thing so that we don't miss out, whether it's with our neighbours, our friends, our people around us. Uh, but in this passage, Jesus tells us that the ravens themselves do not miss out. They have not purchased a storeroom or a barn. They've not purchased the latest gadget to store their food and keep them going. Yet God still feeds them. And in that uh, way of describing nature, God is, is looking at us and saying, you won't miss out by seeking my kingdom. You don't need to spend your money because you have a fear of missing out. What else? Uh, security, our need for security. And we naturally have security needs. We want to provide for ourselves. We want to provide for our families and our friends. We, we have those needs. So we need the basics. We need the essentials. And that's why in this country, one of our Christian heritage is, is that the country provides a social security net. It's, it looks after the poor. I was, I was speaking to somebody who knows a lot about history and just hearing how 
it was only in the 1970s that the last poorhouse in Britain closed its doors. They were abolished in the 1940s when the NHS came along. So the NHS, safety net for medicine and social services, safety net for people uh, destitute and not having money. But it's a Christian foundation that our country has uh, been able to provide for our basic needs. So we have a basic needs and security, and it's good for us to work towards that. But... Beyond that, we can end up swapping security needs for our personal wants. And we are so tempted these days to go into debt for the things that we want rather than the things that we need. And of course, the irony is that as we go into debt, thinking that's going to make us more secure, we've ended up making it less secure for us as we have to pay back that debt um, in the future. And if we're in families, if we're a family member, or if we have children ourselves, you know, what a child needs most is unconditional love. A secure childhood isn't helped with debt. No child misses out by not being able to fly to a holiday destination if a debt is needed to be taken out or fulfil it. Unwise debt just has that slow, eroding, persistent negative impact on us. What else... Status, our need for status. The world so often judges us on what we have, but the kingdom doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't judge us in in that way. Jesus says, the first shall be last. He turns the values of the world upside down. We don't have to hold high status to prove that we're in with God. Thousands of years ago, you literally, or even hundreds of years ago, when, when people hadn't twigged what Jesus was saying, you, you would literally look at somebody's wealth and, and say, oh, if you're wealthy, that must be because God is on your side. But Jesus in the Bible is really clear. The first shall be last. There is no equation between status and, and wealth and uh, connection to God. Do we believe that? If we really believe that, if we can move away from the um, advertising of the world, which says you really must have the latest best thing, you really must uh, spend money on your status. If if we believe what uh, Jesus says, then we don't need the stuff to give us that status. We don't need to look good. So if the world is telling us that the answer to all these things is to rely on money, to go into debt, because it's so easy to go into debt, then what is our antidote? What is the alternative? Like I said last week, Martin was talking about not serving two masters because we can become a slave to debt and it limits what we can do. That's because we've given up some control and some freedom of our resources and our money to, to do what that we want to do because there's always something to um, be paid off. There is a freedom to not being in debt at all. But of course, that's quite difficult to achieve when we consider that a mortgage is a strategic debt that we take on to provide a place for us to live. So it's not such blanket term of, you know, don't get into debt at all, but it's, it's, it's actually thinking about it, praying about it, taking it to God, not just absorbing the messages from the advertisers, the messages from the world, the messages uh, from your friends that you have to do all these things. So a mortgage may well be a strategic debt that you take on. But try to avoid the unnecessary debts because once again, if we owe onto credit cards, then that debt and that interest that we're paying off each month just can't be used for something else. And usually the thing that we bought all that time ago will have long gone 
but the opportunities where we're sending that money, the opportunities that that money could have been used for has gone. That will be denied us for a while. Maybe, as Jesus suggests in the passage, he says that section, he says, oh, sell your possessions and give to the poor, or go and church plant, or go and be involved in, in ministry opportunities. If we're limited by our finances because we don't have it to hand, because we owe it to somebody else, then we can miss out on those opportunities. It's difficult to follow Jesus' suggestions if we've already made those turns and tied up our resources, tied up our money somewhere else. Let's not miss today's kingdom opportunities because of debt decisions that we made a while back. And of course, debt can last a while and it can bring worries, anxieties over a period of time. If you are not yet in debt, maybe you're early on in your adult life, then you could make a decision. You can make a decision not to get into the wrong sorts of debt, and certainly not the impulsive ones, the unnecessary ones. And then you have an opportunity to think carefully about those strategic debts. Mortgages for house, or maybe you need a car for getting to a new place of work. And thinking carefully about those is, yeah, maybe you'll take those on, but but minimise them. Don't take out the maximum amounts you can borrow just because banks and companies and loan organisations are falling over themselves to throw money in your direction. Just because it's offered doesn't mean it's the right thing. You can reduce your risks for the future. And just a quick aside on, uh, like I said, if you're early on in your life, maybe you're a student with student debt, uh, a student loan. And just remember, that's, that's a different thing. Or maybe you're thinking about becoming a student. Do listen to advice that student loans and student debts is, isn't better to consider as a tax on your earnings rather than a debt that you have to pay back. And so when I'm saying don't get into unnecessary debt, um, being a student in education is a good thing. But it's a tax on your earnings because you don't even make payments to it if you're not earning enough. And when you do earn enough, it's a proportion that you pay back above a specific amount. Treat student loans differently. Higher education could be a good strategic plan for you. Back to staying out of unnecessary debt, we can make that decision that the everyday stuff of life, we won't support it by debt. We won't fall into those easy access offers. I mean, I was did buy something online for a tenner a couple of weeks ago, and I was offered three easy payments in the future for that £10. It is so easy to get into, and we can laugh at the ridiculousness of that, but the, the strategy there is that something small and easy like a tenner, you might think, oh yeah, I'll do that, and I'll spread the costs, but it's, it's, it's like the thin end of the wedge. As soon as you start saying yes to the small, easy things, you could pay that tenner back in three weeks, job done, but it's acclimatised you to saying yes to debt that's offered. It's by resisting these small little things that we stop the larger things happening. What if you are already in debt? We can make a decision to get out of debt ourselves. We can look at our finances. We can make a considered effort to to chip away. We can turn our focus to prioritising getting out of debt uh, for all the reasons I've just mentioned. And you can prioritise your money. You can pay more than the minimum amounts. You can plan and budget. And it's can be quite surprising how quick you can do that because as soon as you pay one thing off after paying a certain amount, you, you keep paying that for the next one and a snowball effect just means they accumulate and, and you can pay off 
but you need to take conscious decisions to do that. And one thing that here at church we would really love to help with is that we have connected with an organisation called CAP, Christians Against Poverty, and they have put together some fantastic courses and debt advice. And we have some trained money management coaches in the church. So if there is a situation where you think you can handle things yourselves and you want to know more about uh, budgeting, where you haven't gone into problematic debt and you just want a bit more advice or a plan to get out of, of debt, come and speak to us about that. We run courses every now and again uh, through our small groups, but if, if this morning you're thinking that would be really worthwhile to, to find out about, then we have courses. And in those course, we talk about budgeting, we talk about giving back to God through the church, how to handle our monthly bills and our needs, and then how to budget debt payoff and debt reduction in there as well. But what if the debt is bigger than that? What if it's much more problematic and you can't handle it yourself? The numbers are just too big compared to your monthly income. We're actually fortunate in Bury St Edmunds that we have a cap debt centre. They're not all throughout the country, but there is a person and there is a base in Bury St Edmunds where it's very specific to help with those very problematic debts. They will take you on and provide the very specific help. And what that does is that because that's a a registered and a a known organisation, they speak to the utility companies or the credit cards or the banks where you owe money and they put a managed plan in place. So we've got the the two things there. There, There's a way to handle it um, ourselves um, with help and um, somebody alongside. But if you're in real trouble, then the CAP Debt Centre. So just head towards that website. You put your postcode in. A Bury St Edmunds one will pop up. You phone a number. Uh, You don't have to come to us uh, for that one. That's handled by them. They keep it confidential in that manner, but they will also have people come alongside you. And just quickly, what do we do about things like big life events then? I've already said about mortgage debt. It's a sensible thing to do for a house. But think of the future. How might interest rates change? Don't be uh, assuming that what's happened in the past is going to happen in the future again. And uh, we certainly know all about that over the last uh, year or so after a long, long time of really low interest rates. Maybe not take out the biggest amount that's been offered to you. Maybe not head for the biggest house that you possibly can. Or even things like getting married. I was surprised to find that an average wedding nowadays is is about £20,000 costs, they say. Now, that's average, so there'll be some who spend a lot more than that and some a lot less. But if you're thinking of an average of 20, that's a lot of money to spend. Should you get into debt for that kind of thing? Maybe that's not such a good way to start your marriage being in debt for your wedding so you'll need to speak to each other and work out what it is that you can afford and the plans and and we also run here marriage preparation classes as well so if you are thinking of getting married we'd love to run through a marriage preparation class where we cover lots of things of course one of the topics there is is money and finances um, as well as things like plans for children what do you do about your in-laws whole host of things and um, have you ever spoken to each other about all of those things and finances is one of them it can be quite surprising how people 
don't have a full, honest conversation before they get married about how they're, as a couple, they're going to manage their finances uh, in the future. So we, we encourage people to speak and, and we're there as people to, to speak about that with. So maybe having a wedding you can afford would be one of those key conversations you have. Here in church, if you're part of our church, we would love to help you have a, a wedding, a beautiful wedding, affordable in this place. We've done that um, over the years as, as well. So going back to the beginning of, of all those average debt amounts, it shows us where we have arrived at as a country, but it is possible uh, to aim for zero. And I would just encourage us that putting our trust in God, putting our trust in Jesus to see us through will help us not idolise money.